0: Hey guys, we are today here for another episode of Collectors Anonymous. We have a big time collector, an action figure innovator. His name is Jeremy Padower. Thank you.
1: How are you guys going doing? going on, well? man? Doing Dude, well. Dude, I'm glad to be here. I'll tell you what, I, uh, I've i seen a lot of your content. I was thrilled to be asked to be here, man. I, uh, as a long time collector, respect a lot of the stuff that you're up to and, and uh, given the opportunity to be here with you, I was totally psyched too that's awesome and you know the the respect is right
0: back at you because uh i was a really big collector of uh wrestling action figures as a kid and i'm sure i've collected maybe one or two of uh the action figures that you were actually a part of and i think that that's like really crazy to be talking to somebody
1: um that like shaped my childhood in a way (laughs) oh man it's hard to even say how much i shaped your childhood because i made uh Let's see. Over the years, I've made uh, Pokemon, Dragon Ball, yep. Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, God, I, Halo, Micro Machines, He-Man. That's crazy. Uh, just keep on going. Roblox, Fortnite. Like yep. just
0: keep going. Yeah, keep that's going. amazing. How did you? How did you like fall into like
1: toy producing and manufacturing? So I, my, I'm a lifelong collector. From the earliest days, I grew up in in Memphis, and I also lived in Mississippi. So I didn't like have great access to this stuff. I just I had a a real passion for it, and I followed my passion down two different paths. One was academic, Uh, so I did a a, all the did a JDMBA, I did graduate programs and stuff like that. But the other was just pure collector, and I uh, never stopped collecting. And uh, in, in the mid '90s, I started. Uh, I realized that I hated law school, hated it. I was like, "This sucks. I'm never going to be a good lawyer. I got to figure out a way not to have student loans because I was paying for school." Right. And uh, and so I, start, I I was watching TV one night, like 1996, 1997, and this lady was talking oh, about six. how she was. <laughs> she was You're six, that's awesome. She was talking about how she was making money uh by creating websites and selling ad space so i was like eh i'll do that <laughs> so i started uh, learning a little bit about html and i created some websites essentially where you could buy and sell on a series of guest books collectibles so beanie babies and furby but the way i was able to get people there is that yahoo was a brand new search engine 1996 and it was only an alphabetical list so i knew like looking at the phone book that if you had two a's at the beginning of any category yeah you'd show up first so i named everything that i did with two or three a's absolute beanie babies absolute this absolute that and after about six months i had twenty thousand people a day coming through i actually and, uh, remember hearing <laughs> that
0: i actually remember hearing you say that before i think that <laughs> that was uh, a very interesting way to innovate your your space in early internet days and it was really cool because i being a consumer at the other end we had aol dial up internet and it was very very slow and you could only do like a certain thing a few certain things that were actually cool and one of them was going on early ebay and yeah and it was uh it was I, I tried to buy like a lot of stuff on early eBay and back then they didn't have the proper system no. that they do now. And I got ripped off a lot of times. I was so upset. Do you remember how, do you know how eBay started off? Um, not vividly. No,
1: I just remember using so they, it. They started off by selling Pez dispensers. <laughs> <laughs> they, and That's that, awesome. And they scaled from there. They scaled That's from crazy. There. And, and the one thing that I would say, like, you know, help drop a little bit of knowledge because I'm a little bit older, is that that's just the way life is, man. You can like for me, the academic stuff was very linear, but everything else was not linear at all. And I would say no matter what you're doing in life, do a little bit that is conforms and a little bit that's completely off the grid. Right. You don't know which side is gonna hit. The conforming side. Is so that you hedge your bets a little bit. Yeah. The non-conforming side is so that maybe you'll hit a home run. Right. But even if you do conform, even if your job or career is completely on the grid, we're in a world now where a little bit can be wild west. Like you should. All, if you have the, if you have that wild hair, you should spend a little bit of your time doing doing something crazy. That's the way I look at it. Right. Right. And I think that. The risk-takers
0: are the ones that are ones getting things done, you know. Um, I worked at 9 to 5 for a long time, and it was, you know, I don't know. I went to college. I dropped out of college. I went to college for uh, networking, and um, I can't remember. I had a minor. Uh, <laughs> I It was so long ago. I was only in school for actually, like, five semesters so like barely two years and it was long enough to know whether you wanted
1: to be there or not
0: yeah I had did a couple internships I was handling uh uh Moundsview School Districts Network it was a local school district here in Minnesota and it wasn't it wasn't as glorious as you know everybody made it out to seem and I thought it was going to be a lot more fun and I'm like I'm smart but I'm not you know innovative where I'm creating entire network formats where people are on the forefront of creating this type of stuff. I'm over here. That's asking, you you know, people, if your router got plugged in correctly, you know what I'm (laughs) saying? Like I didn't, I didn't want to do that forever. And so I quickly dropped out and I, I moved around did a lot of jobs and then I finally like fell into gems and jewelry. And then from there, gems and jewelry is what really took off for me. Um, I hit the jackpot, bought some parcels, ended up selling those parcels for a lot more than what I paid for them because wow. it was uh, a new and a super limited find, or in Africa or Afghanistan, okay. that's you know. Amazing.
1: And that's so, interesting. That's
0: where, that's where wow. I. That's where my collecting for like serious things came from. Like as a kid, it was collecting toys and you know Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards and stuff like that. But as an adult, like collecting things, it, it started with gems and
1: then it blew up. Well, that's, that's so interesting because you hear something like that and you think like, nah, like with me, I made a lot of money in the 90s and early 2000s with domain names. You hear stuff like that and you go like, no one's making money with jewelry parcels. No one's making money with domain names. Right. No one's making money with this stuff. But guess what? They are. They definitely are. People are doing it. I think, uh, I think that's important
0: to point out as well, is that the beaten path doesn't mean, doesn't guarantee success. You know what
1: I'm saying? No doubt. no doubt. It's that, it's the hustle that, the hustle is a huge indicator of success. Yep. And frankly speaking, it's the hustle and, and how well do other people want to play with you? Like, do they want to be in the sandbox with you or not? Yep. If they don't want to be in the sandbox with you, it's, it's tough. It's very, very tough no doubt about it. Yep. I think it's,
0: I think it's cool though, to see, you know, people swing from trees per se, and then get to where they're going and they didn't have to walk one, one mm-hmm. second, you know? Yep. And so that's, that's really cool. And I think that that's important for anybody who's listening or watching that you follow. I, I think you should have, like what you said, have one foot in and one foot out. Cause it's, Always. Always, it's you know you're you're having you're having bets on both places, and if one takes off, you can let go if you want to on either side, you know, and no I think it's still it's still very cool that you know people do the conforming side, because I know a lot of people who have done that and are extremely successful people, not only financially, but like critically and emotionally successful, you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's where it has to be for me at the end of the day, it has to be fulfilling, you know what I'm saying? Right. So like have a passion after like, to like get up and like, you know, be like ready for it.
1: Well, and look at it, it suits, it suits their personality too. Right. And and it really is. You just got to do the things that fit you. Like uh, you know, if you've got that, if you've got that um, wild hair, but you also um, don't want to risk it all, um, you can do both. If you've got that wild hair and you just have that, I don't care what happens, and I'm going to make it happen no matter what, then I know which side you need to try because otherwise you'll have regrets. Yep. and I think that I think collecting, ha- you know, to me collecting is a lot like that. Because when you're when you're collecting and when you're creating a collection, um, probably you're doing it because you're passionate about it, and probably you're doing it because you see their secondary market value to it, and uh, and that's you know that's what's brought us both here today. Anyway.
0: It's probably a mixture of both, you know what I'm saying? And I think that everybody wants to to spend a lot of money and be safe, you know what I'm saying? And like not have it go down the toilet. And I think that. That's about as far as I go with, you know, the, the numbers part of it. Just because I think I, it, was, it was really crazy. I was thinking to myself, you know, oh, I could have bought, you know, all first edition commons, you know, and paid $10,000 and I could have made $200,000. But I was over here buying stuff that I liked. You know, like that poster behind me, I was buying like weird, unique stuff that I liked that doesn't sell very well that I think was really cool. And I have no regrets now. And I think it's better because you can't have regrets when you're collecting. I don't and mm-hmm. and whatever level you're at like, and any we'll beginner, it. I think, you know, Not, coming into this yeah. market, this fucking climate should just hold yep. the storm because it's it's worth it and the fulfillment that you feel from it is is really cool and to know that your 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 money is safe in in a piece of cardboard that you enjoy that's something to like be interested in about because like that that what that's that doesn't come along very often where you can physically hold something and it's valuable what is that like yeah. co- like uh gold and silver you know what i'm saying yeah and some of this stuff is worth more than gold and silver by weight like a lot like by oh.
1: astronomical amounts you know and i think I have no question about it i think and, that and it's you cool an, you have an emotional attachment to it yes and that's the difference Yep. you know it's hard to feel an emotional attachment to a block of anything to a block um, of gold yep that. you're exactly right i don't
0: i i just <laughs> never really felt an emotional attachment to that but yeah. like it's just purely transactional
1: right exactly
0: exactly it's a it's a it's a whole it's a checks and balances type of piece you know over here you know i get to buy a pack or buy a box i get to open it i get to open the packs i get to pull the card i get to send it to psa oh, get the 10 awesome. back
1: <laughs> you know like that's the the feeling is indescribable it really is uh, you're right there's a there's a level of like first of all your emotional connection to the underlying brand yep. secondly there's an experience it's almost there's also like this lottery element to it where yep. you're you're kind of legally gambling sort of but not really because you're paying you're paying for a chance uh at getting something that might have more value like all of that yep. stuff it just hits on so many different levels that it just, it makes investing in Cards way more satisfying than most other areas. I mean, like, let's put it this way. You invest in a stock. um, You have all the indicators uh, of what that company may bring or may not bring. But it's it's super far out of your control. Whereas if you're investing in something like cards, you can control whether to open the pack or not. Uh, You can control. Um, whether to submit it to PSA or not, there's a lot, uh, it, it, feels a lot more entrepreneurial in that there's like, you are your own boss and you're in control of what happens next. Yep. And
0: with Pokemon, I think, you know, coming from like the, the gem and jewelry industry, um, it, it felt, you know, like a hand in a glove. Cause oh, yeah. a lot of, That's a nice. lot of the stuff is the same, same exact way in that industry and the communities that, are you know surround them and i think that it's very very important to know your surroundings and that's why the community in pokemon and in gems and jewelry like is very very important to me i like to be able to you know have a conversation with anybody from the topest level down to somebody who's just trying to get into it you know and has two dollars to rub together like i absolutely i don't care i think every part is important and i will spend as much time as needed on each part and i think
1: and i think that's the thing about collectors is that collectors look at these situations and we're not very judgmental uh like we don't like i don't look at other people's collection go that's small or that doesn't have a lot of value to it it's more of a philosophy than it is anything else you're like that's cool this person gets it they understand that that piece of cardboard has value. They're subscribing to that belief and we're part of the same clan. I mean, yep. that's the way I look at it. It transcends everything else. It's a philosophy and it's just, it's great. It brings a lot of people together. Yeah,
0: it really does. Pokemon, it being, I don't know, it's, I feel Pikachu has like uh, a figure is more well known around the world than almost anybody. Michael Jordan and any international pop star you could think of. Like, oh, yeah. it's no, crazy.
1: I, I fully, fully agree. I fully agree. I had
0: a drink a drink that I'm not trying to get sponsored for. <laughs> I, I need to get like a nice forever collector flask. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know exactly. what I'm saying? And They pour all my drinks for the podcast into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. That's all the big boys do it. They don't do any like product <laughs> placement, you know. They like pour. They have like a nice brand name thing for their own stuff, you know. I think it's cool. Oh, that's
1: awesome. I you love know? that. I love yeah. that. That's smart. It's really smart. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I just I don't know. I think uh, I think it's really cool to talk to someone like you that. You know, understands where like the nostalgia and being an adult and like creating experiences for other for not other for children that were much younger than you, I think, you know, tells a lot about your character. And I think that you're really in touch with your inner child and what, you know, people like. And I think that's what's parts you know, made you successful. And I think that's very, very important that you hold on to that, dude. Like I watch all your social media stuff. You're so goofy and you're so chill and relaxed (laughs) and fun. You know what I'm saying? And then as we get older, I think that, you know, we lose some of that a little bit. And, you know, collecting stuff from our childhood, I think, keeps that that barrier a little bit smaller. And I, you know, I think there's always supposed to have a good relationship. And especially if you have young children, I mean, you said you have young children. So yeah, like my kids, they love Pokemon. Like they're all about me being into Pokemon. And that's an experience I get to share with them. And then they get to share with their children. Like, look what I did with my
1: dad, you know, that's, it's it's a beautiful thing. Honestly, it allows, it allows a multi-generational, uh, similar interests i mean especially during something like covid you know where you're stuck yep. you know that and uh it gives you the opportunity to sit down and cross uh generations i mean even you and me like i'm i'm older than you yep. and uh but it gives us something of commonality to talk about yep. you know whether we like the same music or whether we go to the same place to grab a burger we probably do Yep. It doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. I it feel matters like we have people.
0: similar tastes. To be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, I <exactly>. know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I told you, if I told you my favorite fast food, I'm pretty sure we have the exact same.
0: But, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But,
1: you know, I mean, I just I like the commonality, and I do, and I think that when you find commonalities, um, that's one of the healthiest things that humans can do, yep. because. Uh, We tend to separate on so many things. Everything. Sports. Pre-programmed to do. Right. My favorite sports team is this. Oh, you suck. You know? Exactly. (laughs) Like, okay, well, do you really? Just because But we're both interested in football. So how do you really suck? And that's one of the beautiful things. That's one of the beautiful things behind a brand. Is that there's no there's no like you suck you suck it's like we all like it we're all in it together and that's that's like liking nike
0: you know nobody nobody's talking shit on jordan's you know what i'm saying like
1: (laughs) everybody likes
0: that and everybody can become pals over jordan's you know and i think that that's that's really cool to have in a lot of different things and all these other markets and You know communities especially are popping up like i started joining a few like minnesota sneakerhead groups like that you mentioned yeah and um i think that that's that's actually pretty cool too because like these people collect sneakers like it's pokemon cards and some of this stuff like they have like uh checks and balances like to authenticate the shoes and i think that That's very, very important because I like, as for me, like, I like collecting things that are authentic and I'm not really like, uh, like a replica collector. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to go and buy a movie prop that's a collectible or, uh, a replica. I'm going to go buy the actual prop from the movie and that's it. You know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) Totally. I, I totally get it. And that, but that, again, that's, that's the mentality of someone that understands the value of collecting. You know, you're not going to go out and buy the mass produced print where there's, you know, 25,000 of them. You're going to go out and find the original. Um, no. And even if it's not the exact original, uh, you'd rather have an original from something else because you know that that's there's value there. There's like real value there. Yeah.
0: And it's just I think that it's more uh, it's more like the the sentimental and emotional attachment that I can have to it. You know, like you can't have an emotional just something that you know isn't actually authentic i think you know and yes i think that the the understanding the value of the originals is super super important to go along with that because no, then you're getting no. best of both worlds you know what i'm saying
1: absolutely absolutely no question about it
0: yeah definitely i've um uh, I've been my my desk is a little bit of a mess. I have like a really big uh, sorting pile. I'm going through.
1: Oh, dude, what's going on there? So, what what are you uh? Are you submitting these for? Uh, oh, look at that. That's gorgeous. it's actually
0: personalized to my wife Abby. Wow,
1: that's
0: that's her favorite Pokemon. And how did you come across
1: uh, the artists? Um. So
0: um i've i haven't been to any of arita signings personally but um i've been getting cards signed for years and oh, wow. that- this was this was from last fall from an event that my brother had um in norway one of my is that a shadowless yeah it's a shadow i have two of them wow. boom and they're both signed and sketched oh my god and now why, why aren't this uh, why aren't those graded uh because i i'll show you some binders bro i have binders and binders of cards because like i like the i like the raw cards as well i mean like you pull it out of the pack you know not in a slab already great (laughs) you pull it out of the pack raw and it like when you have that card in your hand and it feels you know i like that i like that a lot so like i still have a ton of cards that are in the binders i have like ton of raw cards that i'm like just now trying to like it's submitted like these are both signed oh, as well Base at Venusaur and the reprint amazing I definitely I like a lot of the ooh here's something that you know
1: oh yes that's a that's Top Sun that's the second that's the second grouping of Top Sun so that that has a green back right boom there you go yep nice that's bro. why that's why nice.
0: I like your uh, collection because it's like uh it's all the Topsum stuff that like not a lot of people even realize exists. Oh, I love you that. You know what I I'm saying? That. And like, I was a huge fan of OG. all the card-ass stuff and all the sealed-ass stuff, too. Like, Bandai, they created a lot of cool shit, and not a lot of people they even
1: did. realize it. They did. There's no doubt about it. Rube. I'm trying to they find... Did.
0: I have this monster card that I pulled. I have a. I have a few sealed packs, too, from boxes that I've participated in, breaking...
1: And how did you uh, how did you um, decide to go into Pokemon and collectibles like that uh, versus something else?
0: Okay, so it was like a few years ago, and um, so the gems and jewelry was going really, really amazing. You know, I had a lot of liquid. Me and the wife were enjoying, you know, extras in life and stuff, and. Um, We just started buying the new Pokemon cards Because the kids were bugging us about Pokemon cards And so we are like, oh, whatever And my wife plays Pokemon Go So, you know, so she's still keeping that Pokemon, you know, drive alive And then, I don't know, I think we bought some uh, first edition Fossil Packs And that was my biggest set as a kid And so we opened them And I pulled the Legendary Birds out of them, Hollow, And you know like the fucking my heart was this big you know and it was crazy so we started buying boxes and started buying more packs and singles and then i was spending five figures you know every couple of weeks on pokemon all of a sudden and i needed to get an outlet to like just get some returns back because there was stuff that i didn't want anymore that are you know to other stuff that i was learning about and then now i really wanted that so i would cash out and then go buy that and i think the evolution of my collecting is really insane because i've gone from like i collect master sets i collect graded cards raw cards boxes packs blisters unique boxes collectors boxes theme decks um all bunch of different other uh sealed products and stuff like that i just i really uh, really enjoy them because i don't know it's that was the product that i saw on the shelf as a kid you know what i'm saying absolutely. and so like I, I you didn't see the single card on the shelf so like sealed product is like my main focus you know yeah but i have tons absolutely. i
1: cool. i have a few thousand slabs <laughs> well look in the next. In the in the next ten minutes, do you have any more uh, questions for me or anything I can answer?
0: I have. Uh, I want to. I want to hear your thoughts on this. This is my monster, that I uh, pulled. Oh, that's awesome. That We're waiting incredible. for PSA to start grading these. So when they do, you know, I'll be on the first train. It's interesting. I don't know why they don't grade. They don't the... grade these. I was so upset. I was like, look at this card. It's a monster. This needs to be yeah. in a slab.
1: Yeah, there's no question. Because it's a sticker as
0: well. So, like, this is super, it's, like, way softer than a regular card, you know? So it's way easier to damage. BGS grades those. BGS does grade them, but I I like it. I like PSA slabs better. They're just more sleeker. And it's off-center. So,
1: like, I'm not trying Um, to get hosed. Somehow, somehow, uh, we need to convince them because uh, it's really,
0: really are- weird. I don't understand, you know, their methods. Because like they grade very certain stuff, and then like they don't grade other stuff, and then they grade this error, but they don't grade that error, and both errors are prominent enough to be recognized, you know. Right. And I don't know. It's really weird, but none of these other like uh, BGS is like the only company that's like the most descriptive and that actually label that puts on their labels like what it actually is like even with cgc the new kid on the block that everybody's like you know hyping up all they actually put on their labels is error so you still (laughs) have to decipher what the error is and it's like it should be right there front and center so we know so the buyer the uh, collector the seller they all know what they have you know what i'm saying yeah, and i think exactly. that's the whole reason why we grade cards so you know what you have
1: i completely agree with you i completely agree with you yeah it doesn't make sense uh i think bgs is a little bit looser in terms of the way they go about things and it would be yeah it would be nice if they uh but do you do you believe in the other card grading services like C- whatever it is CGI cgc
0: um i CGC. do i do believe that they have uh some value and credibility there because they did all like the comic book stuff but i've been yeah. hearing like some really concerning things as of late and not you know um i'm not really gonna try to get into that because i'm not trying to throw shade at anybody and i think that there's yeah. still a very valid you know grading service and eventually maybe once they get their kinks worked out they would be just as big as the player as the rest of them uh but as of right now they're still selling like a little bit less than their other counterparts you know within the grading systems but i do feel that they're a little bit stricter than psa but not as much as bgs because i've seen you know like bgs Uh, they've slipped very 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 few but i've seen a few more cards slip in cgc and of course psa
1: yeah Um, yeah. absolutely i i i can totally see that and understand
0: that yeah but bgs is definitely like if if it if i know it's if it's sports i guess sports i grade with bgs pretty exclusively um but if I know it's going to be a black label or if I'm going for the moon on the black label, then I send it to BGS. Because we all, we all can agree that a BGS black label should be worth more than a PSA 10.
1: Oh, totally. totally. And so when when a card's
0: that perfect, that's when I send it to BGS. Because they recognize that really perfect, perfect card, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. No, they do. They and
0: they're, the black label—I don't know—it's probably one of the most ingenious marketing schemes they could have done, because you know how many people like I know like that's what they talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like what a black labels, about- black labels, black labels, black labels, and like that—the about- words. You know, black labels. Like just on by itself, it's just enticing. You're like you're you're listening all of a sudden. You know, and I think it's. Uh, a very very cool thing that they did because now it completely stands apart from any other grading service you know and no, anybody else who does that is really biting off of them oh absolutely yeah. absolutely
1: so, so what
0: uh, what are you trying to collect right now that's one of my questions uh, what are you going right after now? right
1: now yeah man I'd say I am focusing primarily on uh, five areas uh, one is the the first edition. Base set, yep. love those. Always open to getting those at the right value. Two is the uh, trainer decks A and B, which they Ooh. sold that same year. Which yep. basically were the the way that they were training kids at the individual card shops yep. on how to play Pokemon. And so yep. those de- those decks and those cards were thrashed, and they're very rare. Yep. and I'm really happy to have collected a few of those uh probably probably have the best collection in the world of those to be honest I mean not tooting my own horn it's just really solid collection that's crazy I think the value, the value of those long term are gonna go way up
0: yeah uh, definitely not hollow ice is super super sought after
1: oh it's crazy uh three is the uh 95 top sun cards and uh I just recently finished the PSA 10 all PSA 10 hollow set yep. of the 95 that's insane um Insane. I saw that actually.
0: Of... That was crazy. That... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's not that many cards, so thankfully, you know, it's yeah. not like a journey yeah. to it's the end nightmare. of the world and back. But still, yeah, I mean, to complete that is
1: just astronomical because those some of those cards are single digits. Yeah, dude. There's only uh, I think that the the average pop is like ten yep. uh, across sixteen cards. Um, it's a nightmare to collect. And really, I mean, there's only one other person that I know has a full PSA 10 collection of those 16. Yep. And I just don't know. I mean, I think maybe one or two more people could put one together. Yep. But man, that would be tough. It's just exceptionally like the Vaporeon has a PSA of seven. And uh, getting my hands on that, it was very expensive, but worth it. Um, I think any Charizard and Pikachu prior to 2000, Uh, to me is like next level great and uh, and then finally um, I think uh, um, I'd say that you know I'm loving the uncut sheets especially the oh man favorite stuff I'm
0: I'm really really sad I lost that auction for TCAs oh which one which one the shadowless uncut sheet how much did that end up going for 36,000 i would have oh, a- i, I would have paid double <laughs>
1: how, in the world, how in the world did that only go for 36
0: uh, i think it's because it got overshadowed by pwcc one million percent but and it was yeah. weird and the reason why i missed it is because i thought it was going to be ending almost in conjunction with pwcc you know either the day before or the day after but it ended the friday before
1: Oh my gosh. He can't I, so, I don't know. Do you think he, it was really, really weird. Thrilled. He can't he can't be thrilled about that one. Oh, there was a TCA. He
0: I love that dude the best. Rusty oh, yeah. is amazing. He's an amazing person and it sucks because like a lot of that stuff I personally would have paid double. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Just yeah. because a lot of that stuff went for super, super,
1: super cheap. Oh. Gosh, I just... I I lost... I mean, personally, I lost focus that it was even out there. Yeah, yeah. and the Shadowless Uncut
0: Sheet has seven Shadowless Charizards in it, bro. That's <laughs>
1: unbelievable.
0: No, truly, that's unbelievable. Like, that's... it's Wow, it's a Shadowless Hollow Sheet. You know what I'm saying? So there's seven Charizards on that sheet alone. Oh Blows my, my mind. Yeah, it's... And Uncut Sheets, I think, are one of my favorite things I'm my homie, he wants to sell me uh, a hollow Fossil first edition, but that's one of the more common uncut yeah. sheets. And I should have bought it a long time ago, but I was always looking for, like, the rare stuff. And yeah. so I never did. And now, you know, they're asking, like, 6000 a piece for it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I need a storefront. I, love- I need a storefront so I can just read
1: all this shit off as advertisement. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're so right. That's hilarious. Well, my friend... I uh, I just have a few more minutes and I I really have enjoyed chatting with you today man. This That's, has been awesome. Thank you man. I really appreciate
0: you coming on to the show. Um I think a lot of people have a lot of um a lot of want to hear someone like you speak because you My, have a lot of knowledge. It. You're older than a lot of other uh, uh, you're older than a lot yeah, of us I, other cats. Dude, I'm older than all of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yep and so i think there's a lot of good insight to be had there and i think it's very important to always explore all parts of any collectible newer older bolder you know shyer whatever yep. and i think it was it was really a blessing for you to come onto the show so i really oh, appreciate thank you, you. you giving well, me the time I, well,
1: thank you for, thank you for everything you're doing for the hobby and and uh really appreciate your uh your openness and, and uh, man, I just think if the, the next generation is like you guys, then we're going to be in good shape.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate that, man. Thank you for uh, yeah, stopping
1: pleasure. in, giving us a uh, little
0: point of view on Collectors Anonymous.
1: Yeah, man. Have a good one, bro. Thanks right, so then. much. All right, All right brother. Peace. Thank you.